Hello and welcome. This is Vicki of You Life and God podcast. Conversations that are about you and about your life as God purposed them and also about your relationship with him. God in Jesus Christ, his son. Have you ever or do you recall in the 1920s, late, historically, the world was, had gone through very bad plague in Europe. The United States had seen a huge migration and also the new nation America was beginning to show signs of greatness. And then all of a sudden, news came. How do you react to such news? A news that you don't particularly want to hear. Or that you knew it was coming, but you did not know. One day. Our episode is called Be Calm and Collected. The premise of our conversation is based upon the biblical accounts that are going to happen near the end of this age. And we want to be particularly clear because it takes our studying and the guidance of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to heighten our understanding of terms like the Day of the Lord, the Lord's Day, and what I often call the end of the age, which is a a long term chronologically or when we speak in terms of time, it is a term of scenarios of events that come up to a particular expectation. And we're going to call the coming of the Lord. There are a lot of events that must occur. Paul planter of the churches, the early churches, was called to minister to the Gentiles. Paul, Apostle Paul, wrote the principles of Christianity as we see it in what we call the epistles. He was attributed to the writings of Romans and most of the letters or what we call epistles, which are messages or words of encouragement and or admonition to those uh, believers in various regions throughout the early age of the church. Paul particularly spoke to the 
region of Thessalonica. And again, this is what was called, the region was called Asia Minor at that time, particularly Greece. And he had visited them. Paul had several missionary travels, planting churches throughout this region. And each region over the course of their growth, the church growth and the believers' expansion of their life as Christians, had to address certain questions that would come up. And Paul wrote to the Thessalonians to encourage them about a lot of things, but particularly he had two letters addressing their concerns about their one, their salvation, and two, about what is going to occur before the coming of the Lord's second coming or before the Lord's day. Paul had to encourage them about seeing and understanding and had to calm them. So can you imagine hearing the news that the Savior says that he will come again at his second coming and he left and revealed particularly to Paul certain aspects that we should look out for at or near his second coming. And I have to emphasize that the premise of the letter was to let believers know not to get anxious or worry as those that are still in darkness, who, of course, should be very concerned of their spiritual condition, particularly whether or not they were going to be amongst those that will be caught up when Jesus calls us in the air. Of course, many don't understand it. Many will wait and see what's going to happen. But, Paul says, you've heard it since the beginning what is going to happen. We've encouraged you to remain steadfast, being connected and ever being refilled by the Holy Spirit. And he explains the differences of those that live in the darkness versus believers who have been translated into the marvelous light of the kingdom of God that we know that it is God who reveals certain times. We don't have to seek the stars. He warns us to be careful to look or live by certain signs because God did not give us all of it. He gave us certain aspects of expectations. And why did he do that? particularly for believers to understand and grasp home. One is encouragement 
because there is rejoicing on the Lord's day for those who have remained and also for those who have been weary along the way. For the Lord shared with us, and he particularly got a pause uh, meeting of the Lord who well, he was dropped and blinded at the light of God when God said, you know, and his name was Saul at that time, why are you kicking against the pricks? And that's in the book of Acts, meaning why are you so worried about those who believe? Why are you worried? Why are you fighting against God and the truth, which is fruitless? And Paul was converted because he knew that he, that the Lord our God was standing before him and he was converted and he was given great revelations in order to share with the Gentiles and he being a Jew. But God also told him, the Lord, that he would suffer much for the namesake of Jesus Christ, which is also what believers are and will continue to experience. The suffering of knowing the truth, the suffering of being separated spiritually, the suffering of being identified with the Lord when the world's eyes are still blinded and steadfast of what is perceived of God and the heavenly expectation after death. We that know the truth are rejoicing and are starward, are standing strong because we know the truth. But we allow the greatness of the Spirit of God to work in non-believers' lives so they also can enter into the knowledge and the, the greatness of the marvelous light. Paul is explaining to them the difference. He's indicated that there's going to be a great apostasy. Apostasy means a falling away. And a falling away means those that have professed or know Christ in profession, but not in a relationship. Have known of, may have experienced the immediate joy of hearing the truth and accepting it, but as what Jesus explained in one of the parables, that some of them, because of the cares of the world, that the enemy snatched that seed from them, and the word shriveled. So that is what there are many that are in that condition. And it is our prayer that we collectively go before the Father to pray for those who have not yet accepted the Lord and Savior, His Son, God's redemption 
and salvation and the only way that one will rejoice with God in heaven. We pray for them. Because that's why, one of the reasons we are still here is to make sure the light shines in a still dark world. So can you imagine a region, now this is about um, uh, 50 AD after the death of Christ. So the church has been around for about 50 years as far as Christianity and those that are in the way. For us, it's the early church. For them, they're probably saying, when is the Lord coming back? They had suffered much because the world perceived them as rebels. Those that were coming against um, uh, um, idolatry, gods, or personalities that were elevated as gods especially in the region of Athens and Greece, because there were many, many gods that were elevated and worshipped. And Paul went there because as um, what we are called when we enter is for the light of Christ to expose anything that is not of righteousness of God. So Paul was there and his presence erupted. Just his presence created not only the stir, but the also the um, uh, rebellious or um, those that were against God, those became even more contentious against those that profess Jesus Christ. Now, as we're walking through this, it is also a word for us, apostasy, and at a time where God does say that there will be a point that Christians will be more persecuted. He doesn't say what form than ever before towards the nearing of his second coming. So Paul is saying that this thing, his letter, is addressing at that time a particular question and it, and it addresses and it, the messages of encouragement to remain in faith because they had strong faith. They also endured many sufferings in a region that worshipped many other gods. So they stood all of the persecution and also the antagonism for them believing in Jesus Christ. It is a word for us today. In a time like the Thessalonians that they believe the second coming of the Lord, we are in an age, at the end of an age, in the 21st century, that we can perceive that there is nearing a shift of an end, of an age. And God tells us that there is an apostasy that must happen and there are other things that must happen. 
But the address of apostasy is also addressing even with antagonism for us to remain, and if we're not anchored, to be anchored in the Lord. And that's something that you can't do. That's something that the Spirit of God, as we continue to walk with the Lord, continue to grow spiritually because Christianity is ever moving forward and ever growing. And each one of us are at different stages in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So there is one final thing that Paul tells them, encourages them to do. And he says to them, watch, which means spiritually be awake. And then he uses the word be sober. Now, have you ever used a word into Don, and, and, and over the years, words do change in meaning and also depending culturally where you live that they may have different emphasis. The word in this case, sober, and it's our prayer, we always seek the Lord because words back then may not mean, or to us today meant something differently back then. And then just like a lot of synonyms grammatically, they have a different degree of emphasis in the utilization of the word. Now, this word sober is not the same meaning as what we think, not being drunk, being abstinent. And as a matter of fact, the word sober being used in the letter of Titus that addresses those uh, leaders of the church like a bishop must be sober, abstinent, etc. That does mean what we think, not in drunkenness, lavishness, and things like that. But in this particular case, and as you can see contextually, visualize, they're getting anxious. They're around a lot of antagonists, those against their beliefs. Surrounded by others worshiping different gods, yet they have persevered in faith against uh, uh, enduring these attacks and expecting the second coming of the Lord to be near. Isn't it a word for us today? And Paul, as he reminds them, of what had been written in 2 Thessalonians and 1 Thessalonians, what they've experienced, encouraging them, uh, commending them on remaining uh, in faith and enduring. He says, watch and be sober. Now, be sober in this particular case is not referring to its definition of no drunkenness, even though the underlying message is to be awake, be alert. This one is like 
when you hear the news that your bank is about to go under? Do you panic and run to the bank to give whatever money you have there? So you have some news standing before you. What are you going to do? Are you going to panic? Are you going to run? Are you going to join the crowd to gain whatever little bit that you can gain? In this case, Paul encourages them to be sober. And the definition and the interpretation of what Paul was uh, exhorting them to do was to be calm and collected because you know the truth. That the coming of the Lord, there's certain things that are going to happen. The coming of the Lord should be a rejoicing time and our spirit should be filled with joy. Because our Lord is soon to appear. And all those who question and doubt will see him also. And then we're going to rejoice and celebrate with him for a very long time. That is what Paul told the Thessalonians or the Thessalonians in Thessalonica. And that's what he's saying to us today. Be calm and be collected. If you are unsure, remain. Continue to grow even higher. Make sure you're anchored. Make sure, and we pray that you pray. If you are unsure, that all you have to do is ask, Father God, in the name of Jesus, am I anchored? Am I sealed by the Holy Ghost? And then for all of us that are grown weary, hoping it's soon, Lord, soon, come soon, Lord, that we continue to be and request the filling of the Holy Ghost. Because we know that the thief does come in an hour that you don't expect. And we use that scripture reference metaphorically. Of course, it means that we will not know the day or the hour because Jesus is going to come again as a thief. And an hour where everybody's asleep and everybody has been like in a stupor or drunkenness. And those believe, Paul is saying, you be spiritually alert And be calm and collected. And we say peace unto each one that has listened. It is our prayer as we encourage everyone to remain steadfast. But also we remain in great prayer for those that need the Lord. That the Lord will reveal himself to them. That everyone hearts are touched and they also come into the greatness of the knowledge of the truth that Jesus Christ our Lord is the Savior of the world it's our prayer that you study not only as the spirit leads because he knows what our spirits need 
and then particularly study. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6. However, allow the Spirit to lead you and your further studying as well, that you may grow up and fully understand the message that he is sharing with us today. Till the next time, sharing God's blessings. Goodbye.